This is Linux in Laws, a podcast on topics around free and open source software, any associated contraband, communism, the revolution in general, and whatever else fancies your tickle. Please note that this and other episodes may contain strong language, offensive humor, and other certainly not politically correct language. You have been warned. Our parents insisted on this disclaimer. Happy mum! Thus, the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace, especially when played back on a speaker in an open-plan office or similar environments. Any minors under the age of 35 or any pets, including fluffy little killer bunnies, your trusted guide dog, unless on speed, and cute T-Rexes or other associated dinosaurs. Welcome to Linux and Laws, Season 1, Episode 92. Martin, how are things? Yeah, things are still pretty frozen, but apart from that, all is, all is well. You didn't, yeah. you didn't pay your electricity bills in that case? Well, also. I'm trying not to pay uh, our friend in the east, yeah. <laughs> are you mean Greta? I'm not no, sure how, no, how, no, how she's, she's in the north, isn't she? <laughs> isn't she from Sweden well, or Norway north, or something? I don't know. No, actually, she's, a matter of fact, she's from Sweden, yes. That puts her into the northeastern corridor of Europe. If I'm not completely mistaken. Yeah, we could keep going further <clears throat> in the easterly direction. Yeah. What about yourself? <laughs> What about yourself? <laughs> can't, can't, can't complain, Martin. All hunky-dory as usual. But this is not a show about... Oh, well, we haven't mentioned politics so far. No, well, we haven't. Yeah, we well, haven't. Well, uh, well, was, there was a special request. Martin, not, no, no, not no, to mention no, politics. No, no, hang on, hang on. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. You want to shed some light on the recent Netflix developments with regards to what's, what, are, what are their names? The the defects. Netflix? Harry about? and Megan, yes. Or was it Milton and Megan? No, Harry and Megan. Of, of Harry. Course, oh, yes. them. Yes, what about them? Uh, I'm not up you... to date with the kind of news. Hang on. You do have a Netflix subscription, don't you? No. I thought you did. No. Apparently, I never have. Tell... <laughs> never will either. <laughs> well, there's nobody denying it anyway. It doesn't matter. Okay, no. Um, Are you looking for another job again? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not looking for a job. Sponsoring, <laughs> yes. Netflix, if you're listening. Yes, um, yeah, exactly. Email address yeah. is sponsored. <laughs> no, jokes aside. Um, the, no, apparently what the media tells me is in the press that Harry have launched a Netflix series <laughs> spilling the beans. Okay. You being the monarchist between the between the two of us. <laughs> I'm just wondering, Martin, what is your opinion on this? Oh, If you haven't watched I'm sure yet, they, I guess they need some money now, don't they? They're no longer having an income from uh, their their uh, status, let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, as I said, Martin, you're the you're the mono, you're the monarchist between the two of us. So anything goes. Just say it. Yeah, I actually watched uh, some episodes Ooh. of that. Yeah. That okay. Very interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry. Before we go any further, we should introduce our guest. Sorry. Yes. And then we can discuss any Netflix. Yes. Series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> Matt, why don't you do your honors? Oh, yeah, sure. So tonight we have uh, Uwe Siegenhagen, if I pronounce that correctly. Yeah, that is more or less correct, yeah. Okay, very good, very good. And rather than me saying a lot of stuff about you, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. And My please start is... with the Netflix bit. <laughs> Does he work uh... for Netflix as well? What's going on here? <laughs> I do not know. Uh, I do, I do <laughs> not work for Netflix. Hmm? Okay, my name is Uwe Ziegenhagen. I'm from Germany. 
um, more exactly from Cologne. And I've been working with the LaTeX or tech community, I guess, for the last 20, 23 years or so. So that's probably the, the time I've been involved in this project, more or less. Hmm? And today I would like to speak about what is this tech, what is this LaTeX, and what does Donald Knuth has to do with it. Yeah, but... Can I just interrupt you for a second? No, no, because we, I just there, want to clarify what, what LaTeX is. Rather, no, are we not, it, do no, we not call we it late, LaTeX? Or no, no, we call it LaTeX. We call it LaTeX. Just on the subject of Netflix, if you've watched any of these episodes, <laughs> two sentences, please. It's a Netflix episode. <laughs> we can cover the technical bits later on, no worries. Okay. <laughs> Just go for it. Yeah. I, I liked the uh, episodes of Harry and Meghan. It was okay. quite, quite interesting to get an insight into that. And Why? Why? Uh, um, because it, it maybe it shows a different side, but I mean, my general opinion on the on the royals and on Harry and his brother are um, how do how do I say it? I pity them, or uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, they have grown up in a world where they cannot avoid the media, and you know, my w wife and I we watched the, the series, the first three episodes, and I guess I watched two of them. And okay. I said to my wife, "I'm so happy that I'm not uh, um, in the in the in the light of the media." So, and that. Well, that you is... see, if 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 the research I've done on your last name isn't Ziegenhagen, is anything to go by, you descend to the tenth order. Of this <laughs> Anglo-Saxon, whatever um, royal house, if I'm completely I'm, mistaken, I'm pretty sure you're completely mistaken. <laughs> okay, <fair laughs> happens yeah. all the time, as Martin keeps telling me. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, because jokes aside, the, I mean, seeing how yeah, goes back to ancient, and there's a connection. If I'm completely mistaken, uh, I don't know. No, Maybe no, I'm wrong. My family descends from Prussia from the eastern part of former Prussia, now Poland, and I'm pretty sure I'm not related in any way to the royals of England. You want to go back about a thousand years, give or take? If uh, yeah, you are I'm... really serious about this Prussian connection. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, 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 but my family okay. has always been peasants, and um, I'm pretty sure none of them was a I royal see. or a king or whatever. Hmm? Okay, in that case, let's let's venture on to much more, to to much safer grounds in terms of LaTeX. Um, yeah, for these sure. two people in the audience who do not know what LaTeX slash Tech is, mm -hmm. perhaps you can give a very short overview of the history of 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 that of these two projects. Sure, sure. Okay, first of all, there is a very famous uh, informatics professor at Stanford, whose name is Donald Knuth and who also has some descendants from Germany. So he has a little bit, at least, of German heritage. So he's very, very famous for his works on theoretical informatics. And during the yeah, 60s, he wrote some books. So the art of computer programming, that's what he was, or what he is very well known for, what made him famous. And you know, uh, that was the time when the printing industry switched from a LED-based uh, type setting to, to some optical light setting using linotypes, etc. 
And so for one of his uh, volumes, he got the, the, the prints, so some test prints from the printer, and he didn't like what he saw because in his opinion, the, the printing quality was way below what he wanted to have. And that's when he came up with the idea, why not use the computers that he had at the time to implement a system to allow typesetting in a way as a real printer would have done manually. When you look at very old books uh, that have been printed by some um, craftsmen in printing, they look very, very nice. And that's what Donald Knuth wanted to implement with the help of computers. And that's how tech came to life. So for him, uh, I guess his original idea was to spend just uh, half a year of it of his time on this project and in the end it was a couple of years until he had tech at the stage where it was very well usable that is tech the typesetting system it should not be uh, mistaken for latex what latex is is it's that is what most people nowadays use this is a collection of macros and that help you to use tech in a more user-friendly way. And this LaTeX, that was implemented by Leslie Lampert, who has been um, um, uh, in with Microsoft Research, I guess, for the last 20 years. So, so that's the diff big difference. Tech is the underlying uh, typesetting system that you can use for to write some documents, but normally you wouldn't do that because that is way more complicated than working with LaTeX. So when when you talk that you uh, when you say that you are a tech user, that you mean in ninety nine percent of our cases that you are a LaTeX user, a user of the LaTeX typesetting system. And perhaps we can go into, okay, of course, fully, before we go any further, full disclosure, uh, mm -hmm. details, probably maybe in the show notes, I wrote my first two books with LaTeX and I also wrote my PhD thesis with LaTeX, but you're yeah, talking about 30 too. years mm -hmm. back. Yeah, yeah. The thing is that LaTeX then was at a version called LaTeX 2E. People were already talking about LaTeX version 3, but yeah, apparently development talking. has stopped. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. The development has not stopped. Um, because uh, right now there are a couple of developers working on the next version of LaTeX. But this it is not a jump in a version number like from LaTeX 2.09 to LaTeX 2E. But this is a, a rather yeah, incremental step. So basically, when you use LaTeX today, you will most probably use some packages that have been written uh, in a in a LaTeX three way or in a in a next version of LaTeX. And way. and before we go even further, uh, Uwe, maybe we should explain what the <laughs> different versions are and what packages in in a LaTeX context <laughs> are because. You cannot expect about, I reckon, 2% mm -hmm. uh, of our audience to be LaTeX experts. So you, you, mm -hmm. we clarified the tech and the LaTeX uh, correlation, fair enough. But yep. you, we sh now is probably the time to give a short, very short overview of the history of LaTeX as such, being that macro packet extension on top yeah. of tech. Yep. Basically, uh, you have the tech 
underlying system. You have LaTeX, that is the collection of macros that Leslie Lampert implemented with the help of others. And then you have a huge collection of packages that are written by uh, very, very different authors. And most of these packages land on C10. That's the central tech archive network. And everything is plain text. So whenever you want to use a package, you can look inside the, the tech source code uh, that uh, was used to write those LaTeX packages. And a LaTeX package is simply an extension to the LaTeX environment. Hmm? So if, for example, you would like to have a specific style to document, uh, to create a presentation or to create a certain letter format, then you would probably use one of those packages. Ah, you mentioned style. Um... Yeah, there are no, no more style. There is not this document style anymore that you may recall from 30 years ago. Yeah, my 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 experience with <laughs> with LaTeX yeah. is uh, indeed more than thirty years ago. Yeah. I think something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. Whenever you think about document style, that was replaced uh, probably thirty years ago by document class, and usually this document class is the first command that you put into a LaTeX file that tell, simply tells the LaTeX compiler what you want to write because it makes a huge difference if you want to write a presentation or if you want to write a book of 1,000 pages. Okay, so uh, when we're talking about compilers, so we're, we're yep. uh, let's say uh, a LaTeX file is a, uh, a set of instructions, is that correct? Exactly, then, that, is, yeah. that is completely fine. What I usually do or what I usually use as a comparison when you are looking at an HTML file, you see the, the content, the, the, just the plain text uh, that you want to show on the internet. And you have the, some instructions that make a heading bold or that um, tell yep. the yep. web browser what is a table and so on. And in that way, um, LaTeX is very comparable because also in the LaTeX source code, you need to put in some commands that tell the LaTeX compiler that then takes the document and compiles it into PDF or any other output format. What do you mean with this specific statement? And is there a similar kind of concept like style sheets or stuff like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, not in a way that HTML uses CSS, but for example, you can or most people do that, you can use a LaTeX package and inside this LaTeX package, there are some definitions or some redefinitions made. And that changes the way your document looks like. For example, you could load a specific package that loads a specific font from your computer. And then the whole document would look different because you're using a different font. Right, right. Um, these, we kind of yeah, we kind of dived into LaTeX, but sorry, Chris, carry mm -hmm. on. Yeah, these these were the infamous or famous SDR SDY files, right? Yes. Back in the days. Yeah, the, the, yeah, it's not just 80s. back in, back in the days. It's it's even today. The, Hasn't the changed. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that that didn't change. Hmm? So uh, on, the, go ahead. the packages are usually in the form of STY files. So they have a file extension of STY, and they are plain text. 
Hmm? You can look at them in each editor. Yes. Martin, go ahead. So, sorry. Yeah, no, we, we kind of jumped into latex. Um, uh, latex, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I latex. always call it latex, you know. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, a little bit more about yourself. How did you come about um, spending so much time on it? And, and what else oh, yeah. uh, do well, you do? Yeah, I, I guess it was in 1997 or 1998 when I started my studies of business administration in Berlin. And uh, we pretty um, soon discovered that Microsoft Word wouldn't be a good tool to, for example, write a script for a lecture. And then uh, I had a look at different systems and there was one, there's a famous um, German computer magazine that is called CT. And each year they had a CD or a DVD. Probably it was a CD at the time. Um, and that contained... Um, a version of LaTeX. So I installed it. No, no, it was on a Back in the days, okay. (laughs) Yeah, for me, that was back in the days. Um, I'm in my 40s now, so uh, back in the days was in the early, uh, in the mid-90s. Yeah, and I installed that and didn't get along because the way the whole system worked, there wasn't a graphical user interface, so I couldn't open it like load... um, Amy Pro, for example, I, at this time I used Lotus Amy Pro. Uh, probably one of you will remember. And rings, it rings uh, a bell. <laughs> yeah, it rings a bell. It's it's uh, if I say Lotus One Two Three, that's probably rings yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a bigger bell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the time. And uh, then in my first or second semester, I discovered that there was this LaTeX, and I looked into that, and I got pretty much hooked on. I met with the German or with the Berlin user group like Herbert Voss and Rolf Nieprasch, some very well-known names in the German LaTeX community, and they helped me getting started. And I guess it was in in 2000, in January 2000, when I started at the Chair of Statistics and Econometrics at Humboldt University. And yeah, that was very math related and they used a lot of LaTeX and that's where, yeah, I got really into LaTeX and then I became a Dante member. That's the German speaking LaTeX uh, community. It's the biggest one in the world. Uh, We have almost 2000 members. And yeah, since then I just, I just got stuck with LaTeX. I'm um, just curious, just to drop a few names because they were pretty instrumental at the time. Uh, Frank Mittelbach and and uh, Rainer Schöpf weren't part of this initial group that you were talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah. they, they yeah, were. But, okay, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean these Frank, were the Frank, core LaTeX maintainers at, 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 yeah, in yeah. the days, no? Yeah, and uh, yeah, but Frank Mittelbach is today the main one of the few main developers of the next LaTeX version, which is version. Seven point five, if I recall correctly, right? Uh, seven point five? No, <laughs> maybe, nope, maybe I guess. three. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Two point nine. No. I wouldn't call it. E. I wouldn't call it LaTeX three. Okay. I, I, no jokes aside. Be, um, yeah. LaTeX three has been on the cards. I mean, when I finished the second book, I did it with LaTeX two E. Yeah. Um, I started with. The, yeah, exactly. I started with with two o nine, but then I switched over to two e. But then already people were talking about LaTeX three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you have to consider that 
the whole project, the whole LaTeX or tech project has always been a project by people who were not fully employed by any organization or company to develop that. And I, I know Frank, Frank Mittelbach, he has been a consultant with HP for maybe 20 or 30 years. So he just did everything that he did on tech and LaTeX just in his free time at home. And so, yeah, there were quite a few side projects that led into the wrong directions. I, I remember something like NTG, new typesetting system or NTS. <clears throat> I can recall <laughs> it well, yes, indeed. Yep, yep. And uh, I mean, the, the whole thing is quite complex. You know, there have been numerous attempts to re-implement tech and to re-implement LaTeX. But yeah, I guess getting 80% is very easy, but doing the last 20%, this is what usually kills the people or the efforts. And that's I that's mean, why it's really difficult. I mean, but I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward. Or partially, I'm already using packages that have been written in this new uh, text syntax. So there's a lot uh, going on in the background that is also or mostly driven by Frank Mittelbach and some other developers. Yeah, but he's still busy. He's still around. That's that's good to know. I mean, if uh, just changing tech a little bit, if I take a look at the tech stack, tech is mostly written in Pascal and some other ancient language. LaTeX is, of course, oh. mostly written yeah. in, 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 in tech macros and plus Lua, apparently Lua, plays a very important part yeah, in the, yeah, overall, yeah. In the me... overall text and plus Python if the if the GitHub or some version repository is anything to go by. And can you shed some light on the technical depth yes. that this that this stack introduces because that must be huge. Yeah. Um uh if I remember correctly the first tech version was implemented or uh, in sale that was some archaic uh the programming language that ran on PDP-10 machines. So I never saw one, uh, so that was way before my time. Uh, Martin can can probably shed some light on this. PDP-8, yeah. yeah. Yes. Ten, 10 is too modern, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that is uh, what I read in a, in a book. So um, then I guess it was implemented in Pascal, and uh, furthermore, the Pascal code was transferred to C. So, and as far as I can tell, what we have today as LaTeX or as tech is written in C. But there yeah. are uh, attempts, you mentioned already Lua. Um, that is a programming language from Brazil that has a very, very small footprint you can uh, ship it in form of a DLL. So it's a dynamic link library that contains everything that you need to have to use um, Lua. And you can embed this Lua language with the help of the DLL into other software. I've seen, like 20 years ago, I've seen games that used uh, Lua as an internal scripting language. Yeah, I mean, even databases use it on the server side, Martin, if I recall correctly, right? 
Uh, I, I only know about some some NoSQL swindle that you use <laughs> not an actual database. I see. <laughs> some people consider it actually to be a database, Martin, but that's but I reckon that's their choice of indeed of, um, of terms. Yes, but sorry, I, oh, I didn't want to interrupt. Sorry, that's just yeah. an internal and, joke. And uh, this this Lua Tech or Lua LaTeX it um, allows you to do interesting stuff in your LaTeX documents. Um, I'm not so deep into that, but I have seen uh, interesting approaches or interesting packages on the CTAN network uh, that allowed you to uh, interfere or interact with the LaTeX type setting. So there was, for example, a package that showed you the gray level of the row or of the line that you typeset in form of a, a set of gray boxes. So, but yeah. It, it it is very interesting. It allows certain things that you would have to do otherwise with the help of external programming languages. For example, what I've seen is I have seen um, libraries that allowed you to interact with MySQL databases or MariaDB databases directly from LaTeX because you were able to get the, the MySQL DLL and you could access the the, the API from LaTeX or from Lua LaTeX. It's very interesting, and I think this will definitely be the future of LaTeX. Can you give an example why you would access a database from? Um, yeah, for example, you could do, do do a report or something like that. So the right. standard way would be okay. I yeah I would use some Python uh, code to write the LaTeX, but uh, it's that's another step that you would have to be familiar with, but you can do that directly from LaTeX with the help of Lua LaTeX and those libraries. That's quite Martin, interesting. Or, or another answer would be because you can. Simply <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Yep. Because you can. Simple. Yep. Um, it's changing tack just a little bit. I appreciate the fact that we're jumping all over the place, but Okay, HTML was invented in the mid-90s, early 90s. Markup languages, and I seriously would consider to be LaTeX one of the primary markup languages. Yep, totally have, agree. Have been around for at least 30 or 40 years. But mm -hmm. given the fact that most people that, eat, that I know basically consume content in... Uh, on a mobile device, in a mobile device, maybe if they if they're lucky on on a desktop, but mm -hmm. most of the of that content would be in formats like PDF or HTML. Of course, not just with the likes of package like Pandoc or so, or some other or some other um, um, outputs um, modules. LaTeX is able to produce these formats, but given the fact that most of the people I reckon would produce content outside LaTeX. Where do you see this going um, beyond? And uh, this is a very controversial question. I appreciate the fact, but I'm just here kind of to kind of shake up things a little bit in terms of uh, rocking the boat. Where do you see this going outside academia? Because academia, and probably I'm the best example for this, has been the, probably the most prominent user of that technology for the last 30 plus years. Where do you see this going in the future? Uh, well, academia, of course, is probably the biggest user group for LaTeX. But nevertheless, there are even applications in industry 
where it makes sense to use some LaTeX. There are a few examples. Like, for example, there's a bank in Germany that is called 1822 Direct Bank. They use LaTeX for, to produce their account statements. They uh, guys, a, if you're listening, sorry, the email address is sponsored at linuxinvoice.eu. Just in case. <laughs> sorry, Uwe, didn't want to interrupt. Um, yeah, let me uh, get back to my thoughts. Um, what did I say last? Bank statements. Yeah. Bank statements. Yeah, bank, bank statements. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about exactly about that bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that were, they do uh, their bank statements with the help of tech. Uh, then I have seen some examples, uh, like for example, Kaspersky, the the virus, antivirus company. Uh, they have okay. Yeah, wow. they have they have done your manuals with the help of LaTeX. Um, I have one here in my shelf. Then, for example, do you know FLIR Flir, who produce the um, Infrared cameras? Have you ever Rings the bell one? remotely, yes. Yeah, yeah. They, they produce uh, infrared cameras that, for example, you can connect to your iPhone. But what they produced as well was uh, gamma ray detectors for um, for United Nations. Um, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, for that. And for the UN, United Nations inspectors that went to Iran, to Iraq with the gamma ray detectors. And I know the guy who wrote the manuals for that. He had a very specific system and he was able to take the, the prints from the, from the engineering department and he ran his scripts and he created the documentation for all, for all countries with this specific okay. system on the, on the back of LaTeX. Very, so, very interesting. Yes. Yeah, there are... Um, there are numerous companies who use LaTeX, but you will never notice. Hmm? No, indeed. And I mean, yep. if I take a look at, I reckon, and this is just a wild guess, if I take a look at the academic publications that I read on, on a weekly basis, about 99%, 99.5%, I would reckon, if you look at the title page, you immediately see the tech typesetting. In terms of mm. CMS, in terms of you just have to, I mean, people, sorry, full disclosure. If you're familiar with LaTeX or tech for that matter, if you take a look at the original fonts that came with, La, with tech or LaTeX, <laughs> you yes. immediately see this. Yeah, uh, if you take a look at, the, at, 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 a, at a page that is typeset with yeah. LaTeX or tech, you immediately see, you immediately recognize that this has been done with tech or LaTeX. And as I said, about 99.5% of the publications that I look at have this typical remember it yeah. for want of a better expression with LaTeX mm. on them. So yeah. I reckon in yeah. academia, it's still kind of the monopoly for mm. publication in terms of a markup language. Yep. Um, especially in mint areas. So mathematics, information technology and engineering, because whenever, when you have to typeset a lot of formulas, it really makes sense to use LaTeX. You know, I have had students um, who wrote their bachelor thesis with me, and uh, I wasn't sure if I should recommend them to use LaTeX because it's at the end of their studies, they have enough to do with their bachelor thesis uh, should they learn LaTeX. But, I mean, when you continue to stay in academia or in any field that has a lot of formulas, uh, then it probably makes sense to have a look at uh, LaTeX at least. Now you're touching on a very interesting subject. What 
would you consider to be the learning curve of this markup language? And I'm again playing devil's devil's advocate here. Yeah, sure. In comparison to to kind of say LibreOffice or even God forbid mm -hmm. Microsoft Word or something like this, because it's yeah. at the end of the day it's a markup language. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think um, it can be described as following: uh, the learning curve is steep. It is way steeper than you would have with LibreOffice or Microsoft Word. You have to know more about it, and uh, it it is it is maybe harder. That's why I recommend when you have just one, let's say, thirty pages that uh, stand be between you and your bachelor thesis or your bachelor uh, in whatever subject, then just use LibreOffice or use Microsoft Word and don't touch LaTeX. Doesn't make any sense. Um, but when you have special requirements for your documents that are not easily possible with LibreOffice or Word, then it makes total sense to look at LaTeX because LaTeX has been written or they have, there are numerous packages that uh, allow you to efficiently create your documents with all kinds of uh, specifics. Take, for example, footnotes. You can easily set a footnote with LibreOffice, with Microsoft Word. That's easy. But what what would you do when you need more than one footnote set? So let's just imagine you have a set of footnotes that use Arabic numbers, and then you need another footnote set that uses Roman numbers. Hmm, is that possible in LibreOffice or Microsoft Word? I wouldn't say no. I would say no. Um, only with elaborate macro programming. Yeah, you see, you're you're. You're LibreOffice aficionado, right? So maybe you can shed some light on this. I've never used LibreOffice. Uh, what about Mr. Visser, my co-host? <laughs> yeah, I've used LibreOffice. Uh, yes, but have you ever have you ever done that that use case that that multiple footnotes? Mm. No, no, I haven't. No, no, that's especially used in humanities. Like, for example, if you have a text critical edition where you have to reference a lot in the text, then you would use something like several footnote sets. And there are numerous examples of typesetting that is not possible in Word or LibreOffice um, that is very, very easy or more way easier in LaTeX. No, I mean, I fully appreciate the fact because when I published the second book, it was actually a monography in terms of I was the editor and multiple people contributed to the overall work. Mm. And BibTech, which is an extension to LaTeX that handles mm -hmm. bibliography references, was yep. instrumental in publishing the book itself because it helped me a lot to yeah. get about the 500 plus, if I recall correctly, because we're talking about a mon monography here, uh, yeah. about the 500 references in order. Mm -hmm. If I would have done this with Microsoft Word because LibreOffice at the time didn't exist, wow, uh, nightmare. In, yeah, in definitely. Case. Let me get back to the learning curve. I have an example for you. It must have been well, maybe 15 years ago when one of my friends from school uh, wrote her thesis at university. 
and we talked about it and about the technology and she said yeah she heard of a system that was that is called latex and if i knew something about it they said hey it's your lucky day um and uh i helped her write her thesis from a technical point of view i just prepared her the text file and where she, and told her write your text in there and whenever she had some additional requirements like i want to include a picture i want to have uh, include a footnote i want to do some uh bibliography stuff then we said okay yeah i'll show you how to do it and it was fairly easy because she had one who she could ask so when you are on your own and you do not have anyone to ask then getting into latex is quite difficult uh clearly, clearly comes down to the uh yeah not being able to, <laughs> to see the end result right it's um yeah. with any generated uh documentation then yeah you have mm. to uh and, and sometimes the error messages that you get from a buggy uh, latex run well you need, need to know a lot uh you need to have a lot of experience to really work with that because a single um quote quotation mark or a single closing bracket can this can prevent your document from compiling to pdf successfully okay there aren't any handy tools to, to check that for you then uh, yeah, like compile but yeah. there are and quite a few of them okay. but uber lead the way please yeah there are or there may be a few tools but nevertheless it, this it can be very time consuming and frustrating to find the errors that you have in your document mm -hmm. so that's what i usually i usually recommend people who want to get into latex maybe to take a course so uh, often universities offer latex courses and i have done some courses in some research institute in the last two years who um, who there were just a few uh, phd students that i taught or that i got into latex some of them already knew some basics and yeah we did a course like i guess five or six days um half day and that was really quite helpful for them because we also did a lot on how to track errors and how to find the solution for errors and problems plus the plus the fact that there are quite a few relevant books out there i can yeah, recall leslie's book as in the lady companion being instrumental yeah. on with writing the second book plus and this is something for any for anybody who's interested in in in, in LaTeX or tech. The CTAN yeah. is a source never to be um mm -hmm. never to be unreckoned with uh, in, in that case, I suppose. In terms of this is your go to source for packages. Yeah. And if I'm completely mistaken, I'm just looking at a at a Mac that has Tech Live installed in on on it. And there's also these days a package a package manager. Yeah. That, takes care of, of, of the nitty-gritty details that mm -hmm. I would have to do manually about 25-plus years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, getting into LaTeX has been easier. For example, when you have Tech Live, that is one of the major distributions of LaTeX. Uh, you get a package management. You get some collections that you can install. So, for example, if you never want to need to write East Asian languages from right to left or top to down, then you can simply omit this collection. So it has become easier. 
on on the Mac and on Windows, Tech Live already includes an editor. So basically, you install everything and you can start. That's the beauty is of this of this editor. Actually, I I, I can't even remember the name, but I just took for a spin the other the yep. week. If you enter your Markdown language and if you simply click a button, it'll run for you late back in the background and you exactly. see the PDF output and you immediately yeah. recognize any errors that you would have that you may have probably made. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the in that case, it's, editor it's is not, tech, tech works. Hmm, yeah, it's not too hmm. far away from, from LibreOffice. I'm almost tempted to say here. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's still you still have to compile the document Absolutely, to see the yes. result, but nevertheless, yeah, it has become easier. There are also tools that allow a dynamic compilation. So whenever you save the file, the compilation is done automatically in the background. Sweet. For, yeah, that is it has become easier. Thanks to that community called Open Free and Open Source Software, right? Definitely. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, speaking of which, what is the license these days that LaTeX is, has Ooh. been licensed under? Do you know? Um, there is. Am I putting a spot here? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. There is a, a LaTeX license that okay. is pretty free. So basically. As in permissive. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. And some packages may have a different license. But okay. that, that, is, that is very rare. Hmm. So for example, if I remember, yeah, I'm, that no, I can't remember. So I have, I guess I have seen packages that use the different license. But normally, whatever you use is completely free. Ah, there is one uh, one example. For example, in Tech Live, uh, some fonts must not be included because they are non-free. But nevertheless, Tech Live contains an installer for that. So when you in, run the installer on your machine, you um, this installer installs then the non-free fonts. So whenever uh, basically the Tech Live distribution should be completely free, and you can Speak, do whatever you yeah. want. Hmm? Speaking of fonts, when I started with Tech Computer Modern, was the prevalent font. But again, we're talking about 30 plus years ago. Yep. But I reckon these days you can include two-type fonts and all the rest of it. So yep. I reckon font mention has become much more Yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, um, there there are uh, let's talk briefly about LaTeX engines. Because yeah, let's stay with uh, LaTeX. So there are three major LaTeX engines. That is an engine is a compiler. So basically, there is the PDF LaTeX compiler. Then we have Xetech or Xelatec, that is Xe LaTeX. And we have Lua LaTeX. And of all those three uh, compilers, Xetech and Lua LaTeX, they can handle the system fonts in open type or true type format that so you have on your machine. Before we go any further, uh, Uwe, what exactly is a co is a compiler? Tech content. Yep, that is a program that context takes story. Your, yep, yeah, that is a program that takes your LaTeX files and produces a PDF out of them. So or some um, other output format like HTML or, or something. Yeah, yeah, HTML is quite rare. There are a few packages that do that, uh, but 
the, the standard is probably just PDF output. Understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, with XE tech and uh, Lua LaTeX, you can use the system fonts. So I have already used on my Windows machine, I have used, for example, the fonts that come with Microsoft Office inside my LaTeX documents. And because LaTeX does or tech understands the metrics that are associated with the fonts, because essentially a font is just a description of how to render a single or a set of letters on a given page. I mean, essentially, that's what it yes. is. Yeah, something. Yeah. E exactly. And LaTeX slash tech can understand all these metrics that come with the font, never yeah. mind whether it's true type, whether it's, it's CMS or something else. Yeah, yeah, basically, yes. Hmm? So future proof, I, I suppose. Speaking of the future, yeah. where do you see this going? Hmm, that's, I think it will all, for the next decades, it will be a major tool for academia and for a certain project where it makes sense. So I guess one day we might see some uh, multiprocessor capabilities because right now LaTeX usually uses just one core. Yeah, where do I see it? I guess uh, we will have a steady base of users because there are still numerous people who need a tool like LaTeX and who cannot or do not want to use neither LibreOffice or Microsoft Word. So yeah, I hope that this new LaTeX version will be implemented or will be finalized soon. I mean, it's an ongoing project. LaTeX always has been an ongoing project, but I think we will see very interesting ways to, to work with documents. And you're talking about LaTeX 3, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I try to avoid the name LaTeX 3. Okay. Yeah, I, I would have to, to check the, the correct name that is used. But uh, yeah, then let's say the, the next version of Tech and LaTeX. Hmm? Okay. I know it is in development. I'm still using parts of my standard uh, installation that have been developed in that way. Yeah, and I, I think that will it will be always a valuable tool, and it can help you a lot. And well, nowadays I am even trying to get it into or get it into use with my employer. So right now we're having a few documents that we write with Microsoft Word, and yeah, the, the handling in Word is maybe not optimal. And so I suggested, well, why not try LaTeX? I can teach you how to use it. And that can, is. Can, can you expand on that? Uh, not not optimal bit in in Microsoft Word for just. To... Yeah, it's, it's difficult. You know, when you copy something into Word, then you may uh, copy as well the formatting, and uh, the layout is yeah not what I'm used to. You know that that's one of the downsides of using LaTeX, you become very picky when you see bad typewriting or bad, not typewriting, but typesetting. You know, when I the could, distances mm. between the words are really yeah. um, ugly, that is something that you would not see in LaTeX. And you get to tend to be very picky about the quality of your documents. 
Very much so, yes. Yep. I mean, I can recall that comment when I took the second book to the to the publisher, and they and they just wanted proofs, basically, to to feed into the printing machines, and they said, "Now look." how did you typeset this? And I said, I simply used LaTeX and they were pretty impressed because yeah. the PDFs alone were sufficient enough to directly feed you into the printer workflow. Yep. And they were quite impressed by yeah. the by the quality of the typesetting alone. And yep, exactly. that was kind of mid-90s. Yep. Uh, when you use LaTeX, you get a print quality. When you use LibreOffice or Word, you normally do not get anything that is suitable for printed to for being printed as a book. So somebody has to use a typesetting system, either a professional one or tech or whatever, to make it a print or a print basis. I mean, this is how Donald started it back in exactly. the day, right? So... Yeah. Yeah, his idea was to take the experience of 500 years of printing and put that into one software. And I mean, yes. when you look at LaTeX documents or tech documents, they look beautiful. And they uh, oh, they very much do, yes. Yeah, I remember Maths a discussion with friends of mine. Yeah, uh, even if you don't have math, uh, a friend of mine she mentioned that she wrote her application with the help of LaTeX. And then she, she got interviewed, and during the interview, they said, yeah, we really liked the, the way your application looked, and that's why we also wanted to meet you. And that was quite good, right? So it makes a difference. Mission accomplished sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It makes a, a difference in the visual appearance of your documents. And Absolutely. the longer the documents are, the, the more you will see that. Absolutely. So, I mean, yes. nowadays I don't usually don't write any books. I don't write any uh, theses anymore. I've done my share of that, but I write all my uh, letters in LaTeX. Mm -hmm. I have my CV in a LaTeX format, and that is where I still use LaTeX. And I mean, just yet now before Christmas, my wife had asked me for the numbers one to twenty-four, each in a circle. Uh, to be printed on a PDF or on a on a sticker page, and I thought, well, should I use CorelDRAW? Should I use Word? Uh, should I use any other drawing software? And then I thought, well, why not use LaTeX? So I use I love to use La uh, LaTeX also for those non-traditional LaTeX stuff. You can do awesome things with that. Indeed, it's just that the learning curve might be a little bit steeper. <laughs> just about to say, it probably comes with 30 years of using it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, than the other cases. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I've seen a lot of LaTeX. I've written a lot of LaTeX. Um, it, it totally, it's some somehow in my blood, right? So. Yeah, plus the fact and. I mean, we are a Floss podcast, so we should probably mention the fact that never mind the operating system, even you can get it on Windows, but never mind, of course, you can get all the Linux distributions. And as yeah. I said, macOS comes out of the box in terms of, 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 of tech life, and mm -hmm. you just install it, it just works. 
Yep. Same goes and... for, for same goes for Windows. Same goes for 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 Linux because a proper yeah. a, a suitable LaTeX package or suitable tech, sorry tech distribution would be part of your operating system repos already. Yeah, basically yes, that that's the fact. And I have used LaTeX even on and my Raspberry Pi. Back in the days, I kind of call it well when I when I when I types at the the second book on all Hello? the packages yourself, and now you simply install a package. Then you then you keep and then you start going immediately in terms of there's not much you ha you have to do all the right uh, all, all the all the all the files are in the right places you the, the configuration boils down to a minimum but uh, without much effort you are able to produce your first PDF essentially yeah yeah basically it just takes you a few minutes after the installation to get to the first PDF. Yes. I would recommend to have someone at hand that can assist you with the first steps, but once you get the idea how it works, then it it is getting easier and easier and easier over time. Can we mention your email address in the show notes? Otherwise, I reckon... <laughs> there must be uh, a Mark forum or something, right? We do? <laughs> yeah. A forum yeah. or a mailing list. Yeah, yeah you must have Yeah, yeah. Like. Um, uh, for English-speaking no, users, to... I would definitely recommend tech .stackexchange.com Okay, jokes aside, yes, where can people turn to to get help or support? Yeah, CTAN, of course, rings a bell. Yeah, CTAN um, is, is just uh, the archive network where you find the original packages. So whatever MIGTEC or TechLive are using in their distribution is usually taken from CTAN. So you won't get any help from the CTAN team. They are just the uploaders who take the packages that they get sent. Uh, by the authors and who published that on CTAN. So there are numerous sources. Uh, one good source uh, also for a tech system is, for example, overleaf.com. They have an online LaTeX system, you, so you can use LaTeX in your browser. You don't have to install anything. It just works. They you nice. also use TechLive in the background. Okay. And they have a good set of introductory HTML pages for that. And then, well, as mentioned, there is tech.stackexchange.com. That's the prime forum on an international level to get answers. You need to be polite. You need to uh, explain what you have tried. So please tell me how to do this and this uh, won't get you any help. But when you have shown uh, what you have tried and uh, you can show the, the, the core of the problem that you have, you will definitely get excellent help uh, within minutes. Hey. To wrap this up, there are two, there's actually one control question actually we never do that, that we never ask. It's called mm -hmm. Epox of the Week in terms of anything that has crossed your path in the last couple of weeks that you think work that you think is worth mentioning. Now, Martin normally covers Amish. Not, not, no, not, not Netflix. No, 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 nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, sorry. Not, no, no, not Martin's Netflix days are over. No, he, he just normally never covers started. <laughs> Amish, Amish adult education <laughs> sites. Sorry, not, ed not education, but entertainment sites. No, so, uh, yeah, normally I cover books, whatever, but, but, but jokes aside, ooh, anything goes. So what's your pick of the week? Or weeks, mm. rather, as in your pox? Oh, Jesus, I didn't expect such a question. Well, name anything. 
Oh, that's that's difficult. Now you you caught me. Uh, why don't you what? go first, Chris, and then uh, we can well, have a bit yes, of time yes, to Of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please. My go box ahead. would hmm? be a TV series called Happy. It's not for the faint-hearted, faint I might add. It's about a cop turned rogue, turned drug addict, who discovered a, let's put it this way, unicorn that leads him by, that leads him back to the right path. I'm not going to give away more spoilers. Okay. You'll that's... find the link in the show notes, but if you're into heavyweight adult entertainment, as in on the dark side, this is your TV show not to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin, over I... to you. Yeah, I learned now that next year uh, the new Diablo version will be published by Blizzard. So I don't know if you have ever played Diablo, uh, uh, but the next version of Diablo is okay. to be published early next year. Okay, so, that sounds familiar. And I'm really looking forward to this. That's by Blizzard, yeah, okay. Martin, yep. why don't you explain to the masses that are listening to this podcast what Diablo is? Because we're I, playing a, game. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why. That's the reason why I, sh- why I don't know about it. Okay, fair enough. There you go. Anything you want to explain more about this in terms of what's the oh, over that goes for you as well? What's the what's the what's the background of this game? How wow, can you get rich with it? How much Bitcoin there is to make? It, it, it doesn't run on Linux, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't run on Linux. It does run on PlayStation. So yeah, it, yeah, it, does it, run on it runs Linux, on PlayStation, yeah. probably on Mac and Windows. And yeah, it's a, it's a hack and slay game. Uh, so you basically take a character like a monk, like a knight or a rogue, and you kill whatever comes your way <laughs> and tries to kill you. I see. No, yeah. Martin, you so, own about twenty-five PlayStations, don't you? So no, just a two, just a two. Just a two. <laughs> oh, I have five or six, I guess. No, I reckon. Oh no, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm wrong. I've got three as well. Still, I got my PlayStation <laughs> One yeah, in the attic. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, we have so, one, the we have last two, that I... three, four, and four Pro. So five we have. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I skipped the number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon I'm the only yeah. one in that in that in that party yeah. that doesn't have one anyway. Indeed. But if 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 I recall correctly, PlayStation's run a BSD derivative. It's yeah, they do, yeah. Yep. So it's not it's it's not exactly Linux. So it's just BSD. Mm. They share that fate, I reckon, with the likes of macOS and some other operating systems. <laughs> anyway, so Martin, what's your pox? Uh, my. Pox is a television series based on a book uh, or a series of books by J.K. Rowling, and it's not Harry Potter. <laughs> it's uh, it's called Cormoran Strike, which is a um, uh, private detective, and yeah, he solves cases. But it's quite well done and quite well written, so worth a watch. By herself or a read, if you prefer the book. Yeah, books. So, Martin, that leaves one question. Mm. Is she again in need of? Is she again in in dire need of money? By the sound of it, no, I think she does. I mean, she must be loaded at this stage. No, I think she owns half of Scotland or something. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, well, even go further. I mean, half the kingdom anyway. Mm. I mean, seriously. I mean, why? Well, if you're an author, you write books, don't you? That's 
Martin, Martin, if, if what you enjoy back... doing, this is why you uh, do open source yeah, Martin, stuff because not yeah, to make Martin, money. No, but, yeah, <laughs> the thing is, she was totally broke. She sat down in the coffee shop and write it and, and, and started to write a kind of children's book on a magical environment. And the rest, of course, as anybody knows, listening to the podcast is history. But the thing is, basically, she didn't. She ne- I think she never wanted to be an author. That was just a spare time activity, which just turned into a few billion dollars of cash, I suppose. I don't think completely mistaken. Uh, yeah. uh, Martin, with with all the movie and and merchandising rights, oh, uh, you, I reckon it is. I mean, nah, we're talking nah. about what about seven books, seven movies. Never mind the spin-offs. You're talking about at least a, mil- a billion in terms of revenue, and her cut, I reckon, would be half of it. She must be well, loaded. We can, we can, we can tell you. It's uh, uh, what her net worth was last year. If you're interested, <laughs> Are you the equivalent of oh, no, yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, one point one billion <laughs> dollars, dollars. So yeah, Martin, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still okay. not nothing in comparison to the uh, to the Elons and the Jeffs out there, right? So, Martin, Elon Musk, as far as I can recall, at least doesn't write children's books. <laughs> there you go. It's just some sort of well, don't tell him, don't tell him. He might, he might start it. <laughs> <laughs> no, people, and if in case you're listening, you must cut Twitter, this out of the podcast. No, 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 I mean, no, no, people, if in case you, I mean, in case you're confused. Twitter is not a children's book. No, it's not. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> okay, Indeed. with that, it, having said that, Uwe, thank you very much for, for, for yeah, being on welcome. the show. Yeah. Has, has been yeah. very enlightening, especially in terms of catching up um, on past history. Let's put it this way. And with that, I would like to close the show and thank you for listening. This is the Linux In-Laws. You come for the knowledge. But stay for the madness. Thank Thank you for for listening. listening. This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons license. Type attribution share alike. Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters for their song Salute Margaret. To Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow used for the segment intros. And finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice used by the Dark Side. You find these and other ditties licensed under CC at Chimando, a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts. Mm-hmm.